Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. This is an Irish independent podcast. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, by popular demand, it is a top tips episode to help you to improve your running. We see it every single week on my Instagram Q&As. What can I do? How do I run? What do I need to do? What if I get injured? And we get lots and lots of questions in. So what we did was we compiled all the questions and we put a list together of the top 10 tips to help you improve your running and also help you get started. If running is something you've always wanted to do, but just aren't sure where to start, what do you need? Well, we thought we'd fill in the gaps and give you all the information as we possibly can. Before we get started, one very important request from myself, Tabitha and Gav here at Real Health. And that is, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, don't be afraid to click the follow button and follow the show. It makes a big, big difference to us. We love when we get an increase in followers. So no matter where you listen to your podcast, click the follow button. And also while we're at it, if you do listen on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to pop in a rating and a review. Every single one helps. Even if you don't like what we're talking about, pop one uh, rating and review in there. We do love to see them. Now, let's get cracking. So get your pen, get your paper. Let's have a look at some simple tips to help you to improve or to even start running and to do it the very best way possible. The first and most important thing to do when starting to run is to get your gait analysis checked. That sounds kind of complicated. And to be honest, it's not. When you go to buy your runners, it's no longer about the color of the runner. We have talked about it before or the brand of the runner. It's about the gait of the runner. So we all hit the ground a different way with regards to how our foot hits the ground. Sometimes we're on the outside of the foot or the inside of the foot or the front of the foot or the back of the foot. And it's important to get a runner to match how your foot hits the floor. If you take your shoes or your current runners, flip them over and have a look at the sole of the shoe, you'll generally find it's unevenly worn. And the whole idea of gait analysis is to balance it out so that it's evenly worn, reducing the impact on your ankles, on your knees, on your hip, on your back. It's a really important safety check when you're starting to, to run, even when you're starting to fast walk as well. And it's so simple to do. Most sports stores around the country are doing it now. They'll pop you on a treadmill or they'll watch you walk on the ground. Sometimes they'll video it and they will match you into the correct runner for your foot type. It doesn't cost any money. It's part of the sales process when buying your runners now. And it takes maybe five or 10 minutes in total to do it. But it's a really important thing to do, especially if when you flip over your runners, that they're really unevenly worn on one side. You absolutely need to do this. It is really, really important. And in the long run, will help prevent injury and help prevent issues that may arise through the joints and through the back as well. So get your gait analysis done. That's the first point of contact and get some lovely new runners. If you're like me, I love buying sports gear and I love buying runners and any excuse possible to get a new pair is always good. The second thing then, once you have your runners sorted, is a plan of action. So I'm in, there's two kind of parts to this. One is, if you've never run before, a training plan is a really helpful way to bring you up to a 5K ideally. 
that Couch to 5K program over six, eight, 10 weeks, depending on the time frame, gives you structure. It gives you a plan of action each week, a goal to aim for each week. And it builds you up gradually over the course of time. And that gradual build is really important. It helps to reduce injury risk and it builds up your fitness. When you start off, you'll walk a certain distance and then run a certain distance. And as you get fitter, you walk less and run more. And it builds up gradually. So don't just go out today or tomorrow and try and run 5K if you've never run before. You might make it, but you might not. But the key thing is making it safely. And a plan of action will give you that. So getting a plan for a couch of 5K or even a 10K, or if you're a 10K runner and wants to do a marathon or a half marathon, a training plan is really worth investing in. And you'll find them online. You'll find them in Irish Runner Magazine, Runner's World Magazine. They're so important because it gives you structure and it gives you something to work towards. But most importantly of all, it's a gradual build. The other aspect of planning that's really important is how much time you have in your diary. So don't just try and run and run and run when you haven't really got the time to. Maybe one run a week or two runs a week. Build whatever you're trying to do around your time and your time management. Doing too much will reduce your recovery. It'll put more strain in the body, increase the risk of injury. Never good. And eventually you just stop doing it. It's that January gym member concept which is that you go hell for leather, all or nothing, and then after a couple of weeks, you've done too much too soon, and you you need to take a break, and that's never good. So get a plan in place, but also match that plan into your diary and your lifestyle, and how much available time you possibly have. Tip number three is about mixing up the course. So more often than not, people like to run the same route or the same course, and the issue with that is, for the first couple of times you do it, generally up to four weeks, you brought, your body will adapt it will improve, it will change. If you're on a flat course all the time, well, over the course of time, your body adapts to getting used to running that and the rate of improvement is reduced. So mix up your course. So go for hills, go for downhills, uphills, go for for undulating, do hill repeats, go intervals, go track running, which is really, really, really beneficial. It's that 400 meter track, really good, really hard. And you're working off timed intervals. But by mixing it up, A, the body is physically challenged. So it's challenged in a different way. You're working different muscle groups uh, in a different way. It's really good for your lungs, but again, because you're changing up the course all the time, the heart rate's doing different things. And what it will do is it will speed up the rate at which you get used to running and the rate at which you get fitter. And more, the other thing is that it's fun. Doing the same thing over and over and over again is very, very difficult to do. So by mixing it up, it becomes fun, it becomes enjoyable, you see different things. It's a simple but really important thing that so many people miss when they start running. Doing the same thing over and over again is not a whole lot of fun. Tip number four is part of the scheduling component of the whole thing. That if you schedule run after run after run three days in a row or four days in a row, chances are you'll tire, you'll fatigue easily and you increase the chance of getting injured or the risk profile of being injured as well. A really simple way around that is day on, day off. So running on Monday, resting on Tuesday, or doing some other form of exercise. Running on Wednesday, another form of exercise Thursday, running on Friday, another form Saturday, rest day Sunday. Now you may need more rest days depending on your fitness levels. You might need two, you might need three. And rest days can contain what I would call GDM, general daily movement, which is this kind of intensity level. We know that 98% of our listeners listen to the show on their phones. A perfect way to do that is with GDM, general daily movement, where you're walking to the shops, a gentle recovery walk, just cleaning the house, all movement that is really good for you, but doesn't take a huge amount out of the body. 
because we need that recovery. We need that downtime. So depending on your fitness level, you might need one, you might need two. It all depends on how fit you are. But the key point is that by taking that day on, day off approach, you are giving the body time to adjust to what you're trying to do, time to adapt, time to strengthen, as opposed to just trying to run, run and run. Because again, what'll happen there is it'll be a short term uh, attempt at running or a short term quick fix. And you may find that that's where you failed before when you've tried to run, but after three days, you're just too sore, your pace goes down and there's no fun there. Tip number five is around technology and using tech to improve your running. Now, I love tech. You know that we've done tech episodes several times over the course of the last couple of years. We've had Adrian Weckler in, Alex Meehan, loads of others. Tech and running go hand in hand, but it's not an essential, and that's important. If you like tech and you have the budget for it, great. Go and spend it. Uh, a really good GPS watch. It doesn't have to be the really complicated one, but anything from 150 euro-ish thereabouts. Uh, what it'll do is it will give you speed. It will give you distance. It'll give you heart rate. It'll give you lots of stats around your running. And that can be really helpful because it'll sync with your phone. It'll then sync with an app called Strava, which is kind of like uh, Facebook for, for people who exercise. That sounds a bit sad. It's not, it actually isn't. But what it does is it records your route. It records your speed, your distances. If you set a PB on that run when you go out to do it again, it'll tell you. It gives you little medals and we all love medals. But it's a very simple way to stay motivated and stay focused because it uploads. It gives you feedback. It's really, really, really nice. The GPS watches will give you all of that content. And it's nice to see your speed increase, but it's also nice to see that if an easy run becomes hard, that you're running slower, that your heart rate's slightly elevated, you know that you need more downtime and you know that it's important to rest and take an extra day off. And it's the technology that will give you that. There are lots of other versions. For example, during the winter, I use something called Zwift for my bike. I stick it on a machine at home and it syncs with the computer and I race in this online kind of world of cyclists and runners. There's a running version of that as well. You have this uh, little Bluetooth icon. It sits on your runner. You tie it into your laces and then it sends all the data from what you're doing on a treadmill to the computer and into the game itself and your avatar runs within the game. Very techy. But in the middle of winter when the weather's really bad, if you don't live in an area or the weather's just too bad to go out, um, it's a really handy way to stay motivated and focused. Again, it tells you if you're setting PBs or it looks at your speed and it's a really handy way and Zwift, so Z-W-I-F-T is that platform. Really handy over the course of the winter. And it'll sync with your phone. So if you bring your phone with you to the gym, you jump on the treadmill, it sends all the data into your phone, and you can see your avatar on the app, and it stores all your, all your data and stuff too, which is kind of nice for when you see progression. Might be a little bit complicated, but actually, if you're into technology, give it a go. It's a really handy way. I would use it with friends uh, in the States where we'd race against each other on it and all that kind of thing. And it's very, very handy. It's a healthy version of uh, some of the, 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 the PlayStation and Xbox games, but it's a really interesting way to do it. Deep breath for a second. Now, we've got we've looked at five really simple tips. We're going to have a look at five more. As ever, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. We're looking at simple tips for running, to improve your running, or to start running. And so far, if you look to what we've, we've chatted about, that gait analysis, getting a plan in place, mixing up the course, day on, day off, using technology, they're fairly simple tips. But it's a simple stuff that so many people forget to do. And as I said on Instagram, every single week we get them and a lot of the questions are the same. And it's because people don't look do the simple things right. And that is important to do. So by doing the simple things, you're more likely to be successful. Let's have a look at the next five. The next one is about food. Sometimes when people start running, they carbo-load. And they start eating more pasta because they need to get the energy. And the reality is you don't. Unless you're running marathons, 
you don't need to increase or change your food particularly if you're starting to run. You have plenty of energy reserves in your muscles that will fuel a 5k, a 10k. Half marathon, you're getting into slightly different, you know, you're getting into a carbo gel and stuff like that. But for 5k, eat normally. Whatever you normally eat is a thing to eat. Now, if you're getting extra sore after the workout, you might want to add some protein milk in or some extra protein into your meals. Again, you're about 1.2 to 1.4 grams per kilo body weight. That's the quantity of protein that you should be getting in. But there's no need for any drastic changes. Don't start loading up your plates with carbohydrates. Just have the normal amount, which is about a quarter of your plate, should be your carbohydrate intake. And the rest, salad or veg, and half the plate and a quarter, which is your protein source. And that will absolutely do for your 5K and 10K training plans. So don't make any big changes. You absolutely don't need them. Next up, tip number seven, is what happens if you get injured? So really frustrating. We all know that if you pick up an injury, no matter what sport you're trying to do, it's frustrating. It's It puts you off. The last thing you want to do is do the right thing, which is that it's it's taking some downtime. It is letting the injury recover, getting it seen to by a physiotherapist or your GP. That's the, the process. But the first thing to do is that it's that rice technique. It's that rest first and foremost. So if you pick up an injury, stop running, go home and rest. If you're far away from home, ring up someone to come pick you up, but don't run back on the injured uh, area because that's not good. It's not a clever idea, but we know that. Ice is the next one. It'll take your swelling down. The key thing there is wrap um, some ice or a bag of peas in a towel. Don't place it directly on the skin. Put it in the towel first. Put the towel onto the skin. Check every two to three minutes for redness. So extreme redness is a form of ice burn, and that's not good. So just keep an eye on that and make sure that you're not getting any ice burn from it. It'll take the swelling down in the area. So when you do get to your physio or your GP, they can have a look at it properly and they can get a better analysis of what is wrong. C is for compression. So depending on the area, you can get a compression sock or you can get a compression support, which will help to reduce the swelling in the area and just keep it keep it safe in many respects. And E is elevation. So get it up in the air. So if you hurt your leg when you go to bed, get a pillow or get two pillows, stick it up in the air and reduce the swelling in the area. And all these are preventative measures. And they're preventative so that when you get to the professional who can diagnose it, they can diagnose it quicker. It is tough. It's frustrating. But you have to do it. And if you do pick up an injury, when you're going to someone to diagnose it and to give you that, you want them to give you homework to do. Don't just go home and say, okay, that's done. You want homework to strengthen the area back up in terms of exercises that you can do using resistance bands or anything like that. It's a really uh, important aspect to injury prevention that so many people don't do. Uh, Next tip is about gear and about clothing, particularly as we're recording this uh, episode today. It is 27 degrees in Dublin. We're all absolutely melting in our lovely studio. Clothing is really important. So even if you're running in the cold weather, it doesn't really matter. But you're avoiding cotton-based fabrics. Cotton material hold on to sweat. They get damp in the colds. They become heavy. They're really uncomfortable to exercise in. They would increase the risk of chafing and blisters. So that, uh, you know, that uh, sports-based kind of lycra material, really important. Uh, all price ranges now for that kind of gear, but get it because it'll make it so much more enjoyable to run or to walk in. It'll deal with the sweat better. It'll make it more, com- more comfortable to do. From a socks perspective, same thing. The big heavy cotton socks, not a great idea. Go for your sport socks. They'll make a huge difference to how you run. If you're going longer distances or have very sensitive feet, 1,000 mile socks are absolutely amazing. Uh, I've no association with the brand, but the fact they're really, really good. They're very, very comfortable to use. If you find you're getting blisters on your feet, Vaseline is a really good thing. Put Vaseline around the area of the foot 
Are you getting the blister before you run? Also, you might be tying your laces too tight. So from there, you're looking at a really good rain jacket or windproof jacket and go luminous. Bite the bullet. I know a lot of people who are listening in uh, like to run in dark clothes. Don't. Please don't. Just don't. Get an luminous jacket. Uh, it'll help you be seen. Uh, they're really good in terms of dealing with wind and rain, but the key thing is safety and visibility. They're really beneficial for that. You can't do that in a black top or a black jacket or whatever. So get an luminous wind and rainproof jacket. Those things will keep you in check and they'll keep you exercising nicely. And the key thing is, if you want to start running or, or even if you're fast walking, it's about doing it enjoyably and as enjoyably as possible. So make it enjoyable. Get the right gear, spend the money and get it because it is it makes such a difference. And again, it's across all price points. You can get, uh, you can get uh, gear to suit. Next up is breathing. So it's a really interesting one. We see it all the time in people who start to run. They panic. And they stop running because they're out of breath or their breathing is very uncontrolled. So the easiest way to do that is for the first two minutes of that run, slow down the running part. So slow it right back down. Breathe in through your nose and then breathe out through your mouth. And you're doing three or four seconds in and three or four seconds out. And you focus on that for the first minute to two minutes of the run at a much slower pace. The body adjusts. You're going from a walking state, the heart rate kicks up, it's bound to, to have to catch up with its breathing. That's how you do it. You put your mental focus onto your breathing, one to two minutes of that, and all of a sudden it will settle and it will. It, you'll be able to breathe regular, fairly normally. Uh, but breathing's all about control. And if you're racing or if you're getting fast and it's getting further out of breath and you're panicking, well then don't. Just focus on the breathing, pull it back, breathing in. I'm breathing out. And the reason that we met, we, we talk about nasal breathing, we, we've had James Nestor on before from San Francisco who to, telling us how amazing it is. We have particles, we have hair follicles in our nose. They warm up the air. They improve the rate at which it's used in the body. So that's why we recommend it. It's about practice, 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 and more practice. But once you do that, it will begin to come good very, very quickly. Next tip is an event to work towards. It's why Couch to 5K programs like Operation Transformations 5K in March are so a fun and enjoyable, but important because we all love a target. So getting your training plan is great. Wanting to start to run is great. Having a target to work towards is probably the most important thing. So do something scary today if you're listening and get onto Athletics Ireland, the website or any of the, you know, the, uh, any of the events websites or just Google Run Dublin or Run Cork and register for an event, 5K or 10K, now is the time because all the tips we've given you so far will help you train for that event key thing is register for it might be a bit scary might be a bit fearful but we all have to jump out of our comfort zones every now and again i do it every time i come in to record in front of the podcast for the podcast and any other media work that i do you've got to get out of your comfort zone you've got to face your fears a little bit and events are a really simple way with which to do that and they're generally really good value some of them will be for charity and they're great reasons to get out and get active face your fears and give you something to work towards. The final tip is have fun. Life's too short to do something that you don't want to do. So if you hate it, don't. Run because you want to run. If you're running for weight loss or if you're running for results or toning, don't bother. Fast walk instead. They'll deliver the same benefit without any impact, with less impact. So fast walking and jogging and running are pretty much the same thing once you're working hard enough in your walk. The key thing is that you should do it if you like to do it. If you don't like to do it, well then don't because life is far too short. So it is important, run if you want to run, otherwise fast walking is absolutely fantastic. So there you have it, 
simple tips that work as with all of our top tips episodes they will deliver exactly what they're meant they make it simple they make it easy try any of those tips that i've given you and they will make a big difference to your overall health particularly today for your running or even fast walking health they'll make a huge difference to how that happens as ever you know where we are at carl henry pt on instagram realhealthindependent.ie and that's it for another week of real health with me carl henry we'll see you next week for more slow and Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.